busy professional overwhelmed and misled by the stock market dogma of saving and working until you're 70? I'd like to help you out and get to know you a little bit better with a quick 15-minute strategy call. Hurry as I'm only opening my schedule for a limited time as I take it easy the rest of holiday season and get going for a busy new year. Book a call by going to simplepassivecashflow.com slash talk. Uh, doing yourself, you're going to probably likely do more mistakes. So it's better to kind of work with others to see like, hey, how I can leverage someone who's already successful, been there, done that, right. you know, and then start um, making some uh, cash flows and kind of learn right. from these passive people. Lisa came to visit me in Hawaii. For those of you guys who don't know, Elisa, we met, what, three years ago yeah. when I was living up in Seattle. You at the time were still mom and pot investor right. with your partner trying to do uh, single condos. And right. It's been good kind of on this journey with you the last few years. I thought we'd bring you on the podcast. This is a story about a dude named Lane. And one day he went and tried to rent them out. And then he became one real investor man. And uh, first question we always ask all guests is how much simple passive cash flow are you making today and how are you doing it? Right now, I think we're on target to potentially quit our job next year. Um, yay. yay. Um, but we do have one big project that we're working on. So I would say like right now we're probably maybe 70% there. Um, you know, kind of fluctuates here and there. Um, but we have a couple projects that we're waiting for cash flow to come out and then uh, uh, basically on target so so what's target for you guys i think everybody kind of ranges between five thousand a month to most people are yeah. ten to twenty thousand dollars once in a while i have these guys that are like i want two hundred thousand right yeah a month it's just a little crazy but yeah so i would say we're probably about 10k a month so it would be good you know really um a hundred fifty thousand dollars before tax amount right that's the key after yeah taxes yeah but then when you look at real estate uh there's so many great opportunities save tax which is why you know i'm looking at our financials and like hey maybe we don't need 150 maybe we need a little bit less um given that all our incomes coming from real estate right and when you get to 150,000 a year it it just doesn't stop it continues to grow much faster than the pace of inflation right or all these other guys investing in stock market stuff. Yes. So. Yeah. 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 Maybe take us back to like how you started post recession, right? Yes. Yeah. So uh, we started in 2009. Um, and basically, you know, we saw the local market tanked and then we're like, oh, maybe it's time to go buy something. Um, and at the time, you know, I had a pretty good cushion job uh, working for the IT as a product manager or program manager. Um, so the job security wise, it was not a concern during recession, which is huge. Um, so, you know, we accumulated, a, you know, a little bit more money. Um, so we put a down payment um, actually for our primary home to start with. And then shortly after, we're like, well, the market is still tanking. So we should buy more. <laughs> Um, but you know, part of it is like, we kind of flip it out of capital. So then we're like, okay, how can we, who can we call to like help us get there? Um, so essentially my mom was generous enough to, um, give us a loan. Um, and like other Asian family, they just give you money. Yeah. Um, this was actually a loan. Um, and because we kind of convinced her, Hey, this is a good opportunity to buy. 
Um, and uh, so we bought a condo on Capitol Hill for those that lives in Seattle knows it's an A location uh, because we didn't know any better. Um, so, yeah, betting yeah. for appreciation, like, right. like most people starting out. Right, exactly. You know, there's a lot of stuff that we kind of mm -hmm. learned from that investment um, in terms of the pros and cons of. You guys were ready to buy your primary residence pre-2008. Did you buy before or after? After, yeah. So okay. like 2009 is when we bought it. And then so I think it was July we bought it. And then in November, we put a trigger on right. the rental condo. And, and I think that's a lot of things people don't realize, like myself and yourself. Like we got, we did get really lucky starting right. out. At, yeah. I think the, the seed was planted mm. 2006, 2007 to buy a house. But not really. We were actually literally looking at like, oh, everything's on sale. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> we, should, we should get in right now. Um, kind of knowing the market is maybe not at the bottom, but certainly right. downtrend. So that yeah. first property, did you did you have the down payment, the twenty percent saved up for that, or did you do? Yes, it? I did. Uh, in fact, we did twenty five percent because we wanted to avoid the PMIs. Yeah, and you didn't know any better. <laughs> we, we didn't know any better. You know, the Asian way is like um, pay it down. Like even after we got our mortgages was on 15 year fixed yeah. um and uh of course the cash flow wasn't great but we were able to accumulate quite a bit equity that way yeah the, yeah. the asian ways i've heard of it like if you have a new car and then that car is off the warranty you got to go get a new car it's a big <laughs> risk <laughs> yeah. that, and that car you pay cash for so right so everything is like kind of pay cash or you try to pay it off as soon as possible uh, so then you own the thing outright and then uh, not knowing like, you know, leverage is actually your friend if you used it properly. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, in their defense, I think, like I've heard of like, if you if you pay cash, now it's off your books. There's no lien. There's mm -hmm. no paperwork. Right. So it's a way of being more private, but. Right. Because it's the ability to feel like you actually own something and nobody can take away from you. Yeah. But you don't realize there's a lot more equity sitting there. There's actually more someone can take away from you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're crazy rich Asians and you can do right. whatever you want. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Not so, there yet. So we, I mean, if you, you listen to the podcast, you've heard of this concept of the Han Solo moment where something changes. Yeah. For you, what was that moment where things kind of really changed for you and you kind of take it to the next level? Yeah. I'll, I'll have to go back to like three and a half years ago or four years ago. Uh, you know, my moment was become a mother um, and uh, have my um, daughter was, my daughter was born um, about three and a half, almost four years ago. Um, and uh, basically, you know, we had a lot of time to think, um, you know, when you have a baby on hand, you're like, well, like I could do this forever, spend more time with my kid, you know, um, versus a working a day in and day out job. Um, so that's kind of my moment of like, Hey, how can I increase, you know, the cash flow of, right. or how can I use real estate to essentially quit my job? And that was the question I asked the internet and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> let me, and it led me to a uh, bigger pocket and then subsequently led me to Metling and then a couple other investors. I'm actually not really active on bigger pockets. Um, so, you know, yeah. and then hashtag go. Right. <laughs> right, right. So, so then we, um, you know, realized that cash flow really is the key here, versus what we have been doing at that time. We owned about two single family, not including our primary, um, in Seattle, but all of them are fifteen year mortgages. Like, you know, we got a lot of equity in them. 
Um, so, you know, I was kind of wondering about how do I do that? And then the answer was, hey, we should get the token right now. Because right. We're, right. We have a lot more cash. But, and I'll say, like, you guys listening, like, you know, Elisa and myself have kind of gone to the bigger stuff, the syndication, the multifamily. But it was a phase thing, right? Like, you guys were doing the mom pond investor, building up equity, building up capital for three, right. four years, right? Doing the burrs and rehabs. Yeah, yeah. And again, everything's kind of like the timing. We got really lucky because um, the moment that we realized we needed to do cash flow was it just about, you know, it wasn't like the bottom of the market, but it was still Seattle had a lot to go um, in terms of the market um, getting equities and raising rent. Uh, you know, some of the rent growth in Seattle recently, like in between 2014 to 2016, it was just ridiculous. Um, so that's kind of where we kind of got into the game. Um, you know, really, a majority of our property is purchased in 2015 to 2016. Uh, from then to now, like, you know, the rent in some cases doubled after we did the burst strategy, which is uh, buy rehab, um, sorry, right, buy rehab, uh, refinance, rings re Rinse and repeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you now those are the properties that you now you're selling now with a hundred, hundred fifty thousand dollars of equity and then you put it you parlay that into bigger deals. Right. Yeah. So they they kind of uh, you know, we did um refinancing out, you know, put out more than our principal, um, and that kinda allowed us uh to um essentially, you know, grow into a snowballing into bigger things. Right. And in some cases, we also sold our condo. Like, so obviously after meeting with Ling, um, he was walking his dog. I was walking my daughter. So it was kind of interesting yeah, yeah. Uh, in a rainy park of typical Seattle. She um, bought me like Asian bread, which if you haven't had Asian bread before, it's really good. Right. And I, at the time, I was very into paleo and that stuff. So that was a big treat to me. So we instantly became good buddies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then I think our dog in daughter kind of on it in the yeah, divine strength yeah. way um they all need babysitting so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um you know and then from there we sold our condo we did 1031 into two properties um and uh, you know also take out some helos on our house um serve as a down payment for our fourplexes so we got a couple fourplexes at the time um, again, it's not the bottom of the market, but we were um, still kind of ahead of the curve a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about like the transition to kind of being more or less a, la a landlord to the investor side. So we had right. met, I was kind of telling you some crazy ideas. I was thinking about this biggest stuff where everybody goes into a deal. Right. And I was going to a faraway land to meet other investors doing the same thing. Yeah. And the next couple of years, you're still kind of unraveling the burst stretch, but you eventually right. came along on the journey too. Yeah. So while Ling was uh, starting his awesome podcast, that when he first started, I'm like, what is this crazy stuff? Like, you know, <laughs> um, it's like, he's talking about like coffee parcels and coffee farms and et cetera. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, and, uh, you know, but one of the things that was really interesting was the, the larger apartment building stuff. Um, it's like, to become a principal so I, I asked a lot of questions to him yeah. and he was gracious enough to spend his time with me uh, to kind of talk about um, how the deal kind of structures and etc um, so eventually you know we finally got our units renovated um, ready to go so we were in a position to 
kind of move to the next stage. And really at the time also the deal dries out in where we live, where, you know, cash flow don't make sense anymore. Yeah. Um, right. Um, and uh, so, so then we went outside the state. So you got to go a little bigger when you go outside the state, um, simply because the resources, et cetera. Has right, to be. right. And if you want to go into a bigger deal, you want to have that cash flow, especially in this right. market. So you want a little bit more cash flow, and then, but we still want to have control over the building, um, you know, between... Uh, I would say between eight to 50 units or so gets really tricky to manage. Some people will say 65 um, because it's kind of like you can't get really yeah, professional. Yeah, that's yeah, at that management. point you get that person in there full time. Right, right. Like once you're beyond the 65 units, some people will say 70, you know, you start having one on-site people on. Right. I mean, I mean, I think, you know, in addition to that, to your point, when you get under a million dollar loan size so like mm. what is that like a oh yeah two to three million dollar property yeah yeah we actually attempted an acquisition uh, as a syndication you know it's kind of by accident we could have bought the place ourselves um however you know my partner at the time foot on the ground partner at the time wanted to do a syndication so we actually um tried to do syndication on it um, and then it was kind of really tough projects to start doing syndication as a principal because we didn't have investor database. Uh, we didn't know like crazy rich people uh, who has already loaned. If you're just crazy rich, yeah, it doesn't really come. Right, right, yeah. right. And then you have to have uh, you know experience on these um, the recourse loans and etc. Um, somehow we got all the ducks in the row, but it took us a long time to do that. Um, you know, eventually the deal didn't go through because of a crazy story. Um, you know, our attorney kind of screwed up um, the transaction. Took way too long to close the deal, about a day too long to close the deal. And our crazy owner has uh, just decided to hike up the price yeah. 10%. Yeah. And we just couldn't do it. With Sometimes it's just bad ju juju, but like you learn a lot in the process right. of doing that. Right, right. Like the first deal is always the most difficult. Right. Uh, but we learn a lot more on that. Yeah. So nowadays you're kind of you're kind of getting to that point where you're thinking about leaving the day job. Mm -hmm. um, maybe talk a little bit about like your thoughts and like you know as we said earlier you're trying to shoot for like hundred hundred fifty thousand per year passive. Yeah. I mean this is I'm always kind of watching folks like yourself because like um, I'm not quite higher on that net worth scale scale mm -hmm. and I'm just trying to see how you guys are kind of taking that plunge or or the other metaphor is that runway, right? Yeah. You're trying to build your runway to quit your day job, to do this other thing, whether you're going to do it full-time, part-time, or not Not just go passive. Shoot. You know, my partner, life partner, um, he's already working for us full-time, so we essentially have a single-income family. Um, and that's a pretty difficult. Like, it was a mind-bogger thing. I mean, we haven't obviously quit my job yet, um, so I'm still bringing pretty good income from, like, Golden yeah. handcuffs, easy per se. money, but right, 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 yeah. So, but the uh, but thought, but the thoughts was like, hey, we got to make the plunge because I'm at the point. I think it's the pain that moved you, um, because I'm at the point where I was like, well, actually, my day job is a hindrance to what I'm doing, right? Um, because I literally have to still say no to some partnerships or reestate deals because I just simply could not scale, um was my day job at the time yeah right and, and that's the difference between you and me you got the kid and i got a dog that <laughs> right. really 
sleeps most of the day anyway. So, <laughs> well, I mean, like having a supportive uh, life partner is really important because he kind of takes care of all that stuff too. So something that um, you know, for people at home, the the whole thought is that we're always trying to do new things. What's something that you've been trying to try out for the last two weeks, or you know, some short term project that you've been kind of tinkering with? Yeah, kind of goes back to the pain point. It's uh, you know, again, I'm like, well, how can I replicate myself? The, the reality is that you can't. Nobody can do the stuff you think uh, as well as you do. But there are people who's out there who specialize yeah. in certain things that they would be better at. Um, so really try to figure out that you know, hiring people, training people. So that they can take um, your responsibility and not have to worry about it. You know, um, we had a um, minor success in um, hiring subcontractors. Actually, uh, we now have a helper ourselves um, in terms of remodels and all that stuff for the units that we own uh, locally. And uh, she's been doing a fantastic job because we're in Hawaii right now. We have a unit up for. Yeah, a very know. fitting question because the last two weeks you've been screwing off in Hawaii. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah, totally on the beach. You know, spending time with the family because you really need it. Um, and, uh, you know, so she's been doing the jobs. She's been looking at the two units that are being turned. Um, and then she's sending over some pictures and all that stuff. So, you know, it really, in these two weeks, I really realized the value of her. Um, previously, she, my, uh, my partner does kind of more the supervising. But this project, she kind of just does herself. Right. Um, and uh, really have proven that um, being really a time saver that we can just say, oh, like, go do this. Is there stuff that we want to do? And then just gets done. You're like, oh, now it's ready to list it by the time we get home. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll give you props. I mean, you're, last week when we were trying to close this 168 unit deal, yeah. you're here in the beach trying to track down all these wires <laughs> and docking It's crazy. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's how it should be, right? Right. Like you, you kind of work a little bit, but then you have the freedom right. to do whatever you want. After. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, uh, you, know, you got to do what you got to do, you know. Um, and then the other part of the scaling out is also I'm trying to figure out, you know, I just had a new uh, kind of, not a con kind of contractor worker that start working with me. I'm training her on underwriting. So, you know, like, so that this way my pipeline isn't hogged by myself. Um, you know, so she does the initial underwriting uh, analyst, um, uh, and then I do the later stuff. So, you know, I was able to go to the airport on my way, people sending me deals. I was like, hey, like, can you pull a co-star report on this one? Yeah. And then uh, let me know what your summaries are. Like, and, and that's been kind of really helpful. So right. really leveraging other people's time. And, and that's, you know, yeah. you and I have kind of masterminded on this before. It's like, it's really hard to get people like that to stick around. How many people go into apartment investing and they just never really push through past the 18 months? I think he's just going to stick with it. You know, our first, the large apartment deal, like obviously that fell through. It was really demoralizing, but we only allowed ourselves you know, me and my partner was really great on that because we kind of focused on, okay, what did we do wrong? You know, even though, you know, you always try to take the responsibility yourself right? and then try to see like, what can we improve the next step? Instead of just like kind of cry about it, you kind of pick it up and you're like, well, we learned all these things because right. now we know how to close a whole apartment building. Uh, we're confident we can do it. Um, and then now, like, what do we learn over here? So then we document all the stuff that right. we have. Change your SOPs. I mean, right. that's the difference between fakers and makers. I mean, right. the, the people that really improve 
take it as a learning lesson and just try and improve as opposed to people just kind of whine and cry to themselves. Right. And then we also wrote down like these things, like who can help us, you know, what skill sets that we have to learn to get there uh, and then went ahead and just did yeah. yeah. I mean, you lost what, like 30, 50 grand? On yeah, we lost something. about 33K on this Yeah, thing. so like when people are like, oh, you know, hey, the syndicator job is easy. Well, part of that is putting up the hard money. So if you guys would like to do that, let right. us know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely, yeah. About 50, 100 grand and, right. you know, help you make it do due diligence right. and close the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, it wasn't in a crazy market where we need to put in like 200K Yeah. On. Yeah. Yeah, yeah usually it's what about two to ten percent these days right depends yeah on the market yeah it depends on the market really i mean in the uh more um you know tertiary market or southeast market you don't quite need to yeah. do that yeah but dallas instead yeah of dallas is yeah increase. dallas people like to see heart money up in the front yeah. um i mean it's really depends on the market even in seattle tacoma market you think it's really hot but heart money isn't a thing really a huge thing in this market um you know versus dallas everybody just want to see the money cash a lot more bargain hunters more semi-sophisticated investors where seattle right. the primary markets you just got a lot of people a lot of like i call them accredited unsophisticated right just don't know what you're doing so right right maybe yeah. that has something to do with it yeah but so you've been here hanging out the last two weeks any um because you'll probably listen to this a year from now any <laughs> takeaways that you can from the vacation that you want to like keep doing is it always nice to come on break yeah. and kind of take a take a pause and how things are going yeah i think it's important to kind of reconnect while you're like hustling it's really important to reconnect people who are important in your life you don't really spend time with them um i think that is very important of course give everybody a heads up when uh, you're out of office oh yeah uh, <laughs> part of us is to be always connected with our investors so you know Ling actually creates some opportunity for me to meet some new folks so here uh while I'm uh, traveling also some tax deductible <laughs> you know yeah. activities you know really like important to connect with people um and my takeaway also is like set up a system so that we can take more of these time to connect with people who are important right and that's kind of looking at our, our stock of things to do like and really prioritize our what can we outsource so removing ourselves from the front of i'm super excited about a new program i'm rolling out that's going to reinvent scammy real estate education programs so excited like marine kondo cleaning stuff up excited announcing my new mastermind program which consists of a closed member site with 27 packed weeks of content plus bi-weekly group video conference calls to ask whatever Half of the calls will be centered around granular investing tactics and the other half will be holistic wealth building strategies that I have learned from the wealthy. That's 25 plus hours of group coaching and masterminding and a secret Facebook group too. I know what you're thinking, not another flipping Facebook group. Well, this one's going to be different, more intimate, exclusive, and no cheapskates or shady vendors in it. I've been coaching individual clients over the past couple years and I figured out what you guys need and a way to provide it in a cost-effective way. Learn more, go to simplepassivecashflow.com backslash journey and join before the first cohort fills up and the introductory pricing goes away. Right, and, and in case you guys haven't caught on, um, we closed like a Jitsi State Unit deal together right. and it, it wouldn't have happened if we didn't meet 
three years ago, right? Right. I mean, yeah. And then being in contact every so often and just right. kind of keeping in touch. And yeah. I, I think, you know, you go into these deals and it's hard to trust people because it seems like people kind of come from nowhere. There's a lot of, right. a lot of players, but I think it's cool when you, when you meet somebody and you're both on the same ground zero and you kind of jump to level right. one, level two, and you trust the person because they're kind of doing the same thing. You're seeing how they're putting in effort as opposed to this person that just shows up with mm-hmm. a website right where you're at and you're kind of scratching your head because nobody knows who they are. Right. And there's enough good people doing good deals that it's just mm-hmm. not worth working with some random person that just appears out of nowhere. Right, right. Because on the receiving end, it's like once you get to our level, which is, you know, I would say like there's still a lot higher level to go, uh, but you get more requests on like, hey, can you work on my deal? Like, or hey, like, can you, you know, help with this? Um, and then you start only gravitate towards like people who you trust or had a, a fa- more like a face-to-face in yeah. fashion was um or you know you have connected it before right you know through a more frequent channel right um, i mean like like you know we all do the facebook groups to begin with mm-hmm. and then the other forms but like you really got to get off of those things i think and get out of the house and put some clothes on meet and go out, meet people face-to-face because you get the sense of who they are and then right uh, most important thing is building an other network to vet right. the other person. Right. 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 And then, so like for me, my partner qualification is really high. It has to be something like I feel 100% I can trust. Not only that, you know, because you can be good people, but your personality don't really gel, then you wouldn't be a good partnership because then all you do is like fight each other. Right. So, uh, you know, more deals has gone south. When I talk to you with wealthy people, like there's only two ways to kind of really lose big. You know, it's not like the down cycle of the economy. It's not any of that. It's usually the bad partnership and then the divorce, which is essentially a bad life partnership. Right. Um, so that's very important. That's why it's something that I really uh, pay attention to. You know, also if my foot on the ground operator is going to be two people, which I usually prefer. Because, um, you know, the one person can go on vacation and the other person picks up a ball and et cetera. Like these two has to have a very good working dynamics. Right, um, right. Essentially, yeah. So any um, next year, any kind of a big project that you're kind of working on, something different, something more of like a long-term project you're working on? Yeah. Um, so, of course, quitting our jobs. Yeah, <laughs> so you think next year is the year that you're going to Yeah, we, we, we have to do a couple more deals to do that. Um, also, one large project we're actually in the progress of doing is, uh, you know, we're doing a 1031 exchange um, into a tenant and common structure. Um, or a tick, right. as we talk about it a lot. Right, tick um, and, the, and the deal in Arizona. So um, Arizona will be a new market for us. Um, it's a crazy appreciation market. Um, and, uh, you know, we're exiting a lot of, de- like a couple of our deals in Tacoma, uh, rolling our money into that tick. Um, and there's a lot of benefits to that, um, you know, with, with what we're doing. Right. Um, and then we do have a big chunk of money that kind of does that due to, you know, uh, our local market has done very well. So for you, that's the trigger. You're, you're basically taking a lot of debt equity, lazy equity, mm-hmm. and putting it into cash, fresh new leverage. Right. And then that's going to be the trigger that gets you up to that threshold. Right. It, it's a big chunk of it. Right. So, um, you know, just some background that is like, we bought a place in Tacoma with a partner um, about a year and a half, almost two years ago. 
um, and we basically doubled the return for our partner, like basically 100% the return, um, more than 100% return to our passive investor there, um, and uh, essentially double your equity, uh, and then moved out that equity into the Arizona deal, which we plan on potentially do the same thing in a year or two. Um, it's a relatively smaller unit sizes than we what we typically do. Um, but there's a lot of benefit in the tick structure because our other partners are bringing cash um, and we're bringing the 1031 so we can allocate all our 1031s to purchase price um, and still have a budget for capital expenditure. And that's the biggest lesson that we learned for our 12 unit, which is like budget for your capital expenditure. Um, instead of trying to reach it into a pocket, try to, you know, pay for it. That was really painful for, uh, for a year and a half or for a year when we first started the project. Um, and, and then in this case, you know, we learned from that and then so essentially was able to 100% roll that money over and doesn't have to reach in our pocket for the capital expenditure. Right. Yeah. Right. So you mentioned your simple passive cash flow number is like 120 to 150 a year. Yeah. So imagine you had like two times that. Yeah. And uh, what, at that point, describe your ideal day. What would you be doing? Would you be living in Hawaii or... or uh, <laughs> What kind of projects would you be working on at that point? Are you still going to be screwing around with apartments? So I think apartments, yes. Actually, also the other big project I want to do next year, transition I want to do is, you know, aside from the apartment buildings, really get ramped up on mobile home park. Um, so me and a couple of my, um, you know, uh, partners have been talking about mobile home parks. I've got pretty good connection with the operators um, in you know, mid Midwest and whatnot. So I feel like we're ready for mobile home parks. Of course, need to get myself educated on that. I feel comfortable with uh, bringing my investor into it. Um, but you know, it's just a second type of asset to diversify for us. Um, so yeah, so I mean, like, if two times our income there, uh, I would think, you know, for us, it would be starting to put some more thoughts into you know new projects that we want to do um which is kind of um you know really helping youth to start having a financial educations you know it's been my dream to kind of have um financial educations for um youth in the world um so you know start thinking about like start kicking start that project um brainstorm more so um and uh, also you know kind of take some more times off with the family uh, while still work, you know, but like in a different location. Yeah. Probably not in Hawaii because there's crazy mosquitoes here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, uh, we've been kind of thinking about going to the Spanish islands uh, where yeah. we have relatives there after. Yeah. Cool. So a couple of things there. I'm kind of doing the same thing, trying to find other asset classes. Um, I've been kind of keeping random notes on my website you guys go to simplepassivecashflow.com backslash start there's a list of all these like mobile home parks <laughs> right. retail shopping centers and i just right. i just dump like notes into there <laughs> but what i've been doing is like just reading a bunch of stuff like like how you just kind of peruse the internet jot down notes start to learn the rules of thumb Mm. And then maybe my next step is to go to like a boot camp for one of these things, just like how we did it for apartments, right? right? right. Yeah. Any any thoughts there? Like, like how do you learn? Oh yeah. Fun, so like what's the strategy? You know, I was lucky that I knew a few operators of mobile home park, 
and they were uh, very generous people in this game. So buy them bread too. Yeah, buy yeah. them bread too. Uh, well, in this case, they were remote, so I can't really send them eat bread. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but whenever I see them, you know, um, it really kind of just also helped them to grow bigger because they have been owning their own mobile home parts, um, right. running some successful back, like, you know, um, backtracker, but they're kind of scared to... For the person, yeah. like, listening at home, I think this is one of the biggest mistakes that's always been made. It's like, hey, Lisa, how's it going? It's like me, like, I'm a newbie. <laughs> like, hey, if there's anything you need help, let me know. Right. All right, peace. Yeah. And you're like, well, what the heck do I do <laughs> at that, right? Like, I don't have time to figure out stuff for you to do. Right. So what are some ways, like, you know, somebody who's kind of, off moving or some ways you need help with somebody who you haven't met before uh-huh. can help you to start building that relationship other than sending you bread or eat bread or <laughs> um i think one way is to try to make connections right so like hey like i have you know i always ask this question it's like who do you know sure you might not be interested in this investment uh, but who do you know that actually might be interested in so i've got a few people who were really good, like they never invested with me, right? But I spent time with them, you know, teaching them on a few things. And then the day being kind of just sending ref- referrals to me to say like, oh, like so-and-so was like, you know, would it be super good? Let me connect you with it. And they're just like, oh, okay, wow. Like, you know, yeah. that's uh, that's been kind of helpful. Um, and then like, also they kind of listened on like what I was saying, like, oh, I kind of want to do this. And then they go and took the initiatives right. and be like sending me stuff like, hey, like, I read about this, thought about this for you, um, it, you know, yeah. could this be, like, kind of helpful for you? Yeah, I mean, I still have my two to three calls a day with random investors, and you guys can still sign up for that. I don't know if I'll ever stop that, but <laughs> yeah. maybe at some point. I mean, right now, it's only for um, deal club members, but I, you probably run into this type of character a lot. They, like, they talk to everybody. They kind of always, like, yeah. they're, they're, they're a mile wide, inch deep kind of people and then right. you, you kind of already know like okay this dude's not going to go anywhere already right, right? so yeah. that's you listening right now it's not like we're talking crap about you and it's not like you're a bad person but you need to like change that because that's probably the reason why you're not hitting success right like kind of focus right like i've actually met a few investors um i guess unlikely i should be more likely which value my time a little bit more um, but i do talk with a few people uh you know with that um because um, you know, with me, that's like, I wanted to help others to also reach their moment. Right. So, you know, I, I sometimes will spend a session with someone that I met in a conference. They kind of make their ways to the conference. Right. And then you just like, sometimes it's really painful to watch them go to all conferences, but didn't come up with anything. <laughs> conference junkie. Right. right. So it's like, you know, sometimes I just really break it down to say, Hey, you really need to take actions on this. Um, you know, pick one thing. All things are all like there's pros and cons on on everything, you know, or guru programs or whatever. Like pick one thing, stick with it. People always overestimate what they can achieve. Oh, that's in a the year. Tony Robbins quote. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well he stole it from yeah. there, I guess. Well, <laughs> well Tony Robbins probably stole it from thinking go rich, right? That's right. Where, like, right. Yeah. From. And then uh, you know, underestimate um, you know, what they can achieve in two years, three years, five years. Um, and that's really true. Like in a year, you may feel like, oh, I haven't done anything. And that's how I feel like in 2017 when I was like, well, I ha- can't find any deal, you know, but like I still continue to go to two or three meetups a week, you know, just sticking with it. And eventually, little do you know, you're like, wow, okay, I built up uh, such a network. 
Um, and then now I can actually do something with the network that I have built up. Sticking with one thing and just keep going at it. Because if you divide your attention to all different things, you can't really get anything done. I kind of like have this strategy when I have calls with people, I try and help them as much as I can. I give, mm-hmm. give, 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 give. Yeah. And quite honestly, I'm testing you. I'm trying to see what kind of a person you are. Are you right. reciprocal? Or are you someone, are you a giver or are you a taker? Because right. takers will always take, 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 take. Right. I'm like, all right, go take all these referrals. Go do it yourself. I never want to see you again. Yeah. But the good people come back. Right. And now we team up like this right. and do something bigger. And it's just kind of cool to have sporting buddies right. in the future. Yeah. So that's kind of my strategy and it kind of plays hand in hand, right? Right. You've got a deal, you know, don't, don't like, you know, give, give it up. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's just what you have to do in the beginning. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And, and I think that's very much like it, you know, small gesture kind of goes a long way. Um, I'm actually really bad at this. I need to like start hiring a person who writes thank you notes, literally, <laughs> like, you know, cause I'm really bad at this. Um, uh, so that's something that I need to do. Um, but really like I'm always looking for ways where I can bring more value, for example, to my investors, um, where I can give more stuff that help them to get it to a higher level, um, you know, from the understanding of how to place their cash everywhere. Uh, it may not be my deal. Like it may be someone else's or, you know, some other vehicle. Um, I've actually had a conversation with my investor and say, well, I don't think you're ready for this one, you know, instead of just trying to get them into the deal because I want to make sure that they are actually doing the right thing. Because yeah. I know like eventually they will come back. Like right. that trust building. You build is, a relationship and then right. you cultivate it. Right. Future. And then I think that that's a big, you know, uh, learning. And it's a, it's a thing that everybody kind of have to keep in yeah. mind. So, um, so that's kind of the next question is, um, say somebody comes up to you 10, 15 years, earlier in progression that's either a young lane or another computer programmer that's like just out of college right they don't they have like negative fifty thousand dollars net worth they make a good salary what do you think that person should be investing because they obviously don't have enough money right to be a passive investor in the syndication yeah so i would say i think at the first is like trying to save up a little bit there is a certain threshold where you save up to you know i've actually met these folks uh you know in live events or uh, they will come back and say well like i have um not a lot of money um but i have a good job and i work hard at a huge hustle and then, then it's like try to see like what kind of living expenses i mean you don't want to live in these conditions for too long but you know you, you do have to go through an intensified period in order to get you know, because what you try to do is try to condense that 30 years of working life into like five, 10 years, right? So like, of course, you're going to be expecting uh, putting out efforts, um, condense that 30 years of efforts into five or 10 years. Um, so it's okay to start making some sacrifices if you don't have significant others or kids, you know, it, your life really, you have nothing to lose. So think about different ways to like house hack, like preserve your capital right. um, so that it can get to a point where you have some money um, and you can start doing investment. Um, and really, like, I think stock or heart money lending um, could potentially be a vehicle for you to build it as long as you kind of know what you're doing. Um, and but ultimately, you have to be the direct owner to buy some stuff. Correct. Yeah, own. yeah. Like, uh, you know, I don't really recommend, because some people who have, like, 100K or something or, you know, slightly more but not quite large, 
um, they often were thinking, facing the choice of doing it themselves uh, or you know, investing with others. Again, market has cycles right now. Uh, doing yourself, you're going to probably likely do more mistakes. So it's better to kind of work with others to see like, hey, how I can leverage someone who's already successful, been there, done that, right. you know, and then start um, making some uh, cash flows and kind of learn right. from these passive deals. So one right. way that looks is like go to a conference, go find somebody who's on your level, who maybe you guys will put in 10 grand to go buy a turnkey together, 10 grand, 10 grand. Yeah. Or maybe you just partner up in a, in a think tank where you go get the, the take your 20 grand, go buy a turnkey. I'll go buy right. a turnkey. And then we'll compare notes every so often. So it's it's like you bought two. Right. So you get more data that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, other things is just kind of like a saving. Because it's if you have a high t- paying jobs, like a computer related job, IT job, like, look, we all both kind of work in these, well, I have worked in these fields. Um, it's very likely you're able to save like 40K a year. Like if you went on like extreme, like, money mustache, um, you know, lifestyle, Um, you can potentially save up to like 60K or something a year, right? Which is enough for a passive investment like a year. And then you just kind of learn from there. Um, Also, you can invest in your education, you know, um, learning from the books and then, uh, or some sort of seminar or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I think the, what are your thoughts on like starting off with like a five twenty thousand $20,000 course? Like it's... I mean, it's, people have, like, all kinds of ideas Absolutely. on that. Um, I think when you hit certain level, I mean, it, it makes no sense for you to go through a 20K course if you have no capital to do anything with it, right? Right. Um, but it makes sense if you have, let's say, 100K saved up. I will always say, like, my break-even numbers when I advise people is always, like, try to save up 100K. It does sounds like a lot of number, like, but try to save up a hundred K or so, 150, if you want to be a principal on these apartment deals, um, and then buy a course of education and get yourself there because, right. you know, check with the, the educations that's out there. That's going to help you build a network. And that's very important because, you know, education is all the same. You can get that from the, the, the books, the websites, et cetera, but it's the people who's in the programmers. Yeah, I kind of see it as like the NOS in terms of car racing, right? right. You want to take the NOS when you're going five miles an hour, your car will probably just break. Yeah. And you'll end up going 40 miles an hour. But you, I think both of us kind of took it at the right time. Right. Net worth about 400 to a million dollars net worth. That'll get yeah. you, that'll shoot you forward. Right, right. So like to start with, it's kind of like, you know, it, it's a little bit tough, but, you know, looking at our path, it was just, um, you know, having that first 50 to 100K, you know, start doing something with it ourselves um, and then put in the sweat equity because that's what we have um, and then start rolling it. Next question here is something that you uh, you want to buy that is, does a time savings or improvement oh. in quality of life. Other yeah. than that coupon, another uh, <laughs> <a> couponer. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely want to outsource more. You know, get the professional to do the professional work. Um, essentially, you know, um, eventually we'll hire our own. I, in my head, I have this work chart at least five people that I need to hire. Um, so that's going to be a huge time saver. But again, we have to build up 
that income to support these employees. Um, but, uh, you know, there are vendor services that's out there, you know, for a thousand bucks here, a thousand bucks there, that they can kind of build the basic stuff for you. Um, so definitely, um, I have a couple of things that I wanted to buy, you know, getting my website bent up and um, all that, all that stuff and getting my, you know, uh, the CRM tracking system, all systemized and et cetera. Um, and uh, the, the, the second thing is, you know, having a meal plan, like a, basically a meal service, oh, okay. delivery service, um, you know, subscribe to one. Um, so healthy meal services, one that has like, I don't know, a paleo or whatever the thing was like, yeah, whatever the is. most recent diets is, yeah. or keto diets. Because um, the one thing that we notice is like, because we're doing hustling so much, um, you know, we spend a lot, I spend a lot of time. Uh, going to meetups at nights and etc. So at home, you know, there's not a lot of food that's been cooked or planned, you know. And then I really treasure the time where we can sit together and yeah. eat. Yeah, because I remember my childhood was like, we're gonna go grocery shopping and we're gonna go cook this thing right. when the food's ready. And right. This time is, and then like right. you clean up after, right? Like yeah. I, I use yeah. all paper plates and like chopsticks. <laughs> that, oh yeah, it's good. These days. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, there are meal plans, fortunately enough, like now in the technology world, like there are meal plans that's out there that are pretty healthy. Um, this is the one where they deliver it to yeah, you. Yeah, and then where they deliver to you and then you just subscribe weekly in a way so that by the time you get home, food's already there and it's healthy, you know, unlike going out and eating. So it so comes think, like once a week and then there's like a dozen right, meals. Right, I mean, like if I have all the money I have, I'll just hire a personal chef. Yeah. But, you know, that's probably the second best thing. I know a few of my buddies yeah. do that. They they hire somebody for like 20 bucks an hour. They go oh. to Costco, buy all the meat or whatever. Yeah. And then the person comes to their house. And prep it. And does it all for the whole week. They come okay. on Sunday or whatever. Um, but, again, there takes money, takes time slash money to go find that person to right. do that for right. you. Yeah, I, I found, that, like, I just couldn't find people like that. And yeah. it was really hard to find on internet. But then I did stumble on these yeah. meal plan stuff. So I would yeah. I would recommend and tell me how you found it, but like go to like you don't may not do CrossFit, but go to the <laughs> website or just call them up and say, Hey, who's who are you guys affiliate for uh, that meal plan? Okay. Um, or you can just Google it. But I I yeah. noticed like that's a good way of finding a lot of times it's just a local person. Yeah. 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 So are you, are you doing it all like all meals or like 50% of the uh, we haven't started that yet uh, but I do plan on doing like a whole week like maybe five meals uh, a week yeah, or something this what like 12 bucks a meal right which yeah. sounds expensive but but it's healthy ingredients I mean the key is the healthy part yeah. you know like because I can take it do takeouts and all that stuff but right. uh, the key is like kind of the you know why I think it's kind of affected too and I'll, I'll start doing this next year too yeah. so we'll follow up on this <laughs> but like you know, like, that's why I started going to personal trainer because I'm like, oh, yeah. my God, my brain is on all day. Let me just freaking turn my brain off and just right. tell me what to do, right? Right, right, yeah. So here they're like, all right, just eat this. When yeah. you're done eating it, you're done, Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I yeah. think type A personalities really need that, like. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like, that's why, like, it's also, you know, it's draw the analogy with our passive investors because a lot our investors, my investor was telling me, well, I had a whole mind melting work that I feel really stimulating. I never want to like quit my job, like because not everybody has goals to quit my job, right? Um, but I do want to build up my passive uh, income, so in a way that I have the freedom to. 
Um, so then they're like, you know, then my job is yielding more than my investment. Like, I want to just kind of do that. Um, so it's the same thing. It's like, hey, just tell me what to do. Like, and then I, have, I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Right. So and then I can focus more on what I do good, which is my job. Um, so some of that, um, it's the same thing here is like, Hey, I don't have to worry about all these nutritions on the food. Just give me the food and it's prepared. It's like done. Yeah. Know? I don't want to go listen to all the podcasts <laughs> no. about what's the nutrition. Or read the books on like yeah. all the keto diets. The last question here, this is the Tony Robbins question. Um, so he does two, he has two large concepts. If you go to his, his seminar, um, we're actually going to be doing the mastermind thing. Um, our, our group is going to go and go. Um, get upgrade a couple levels because we're going as a group. But he oh, teach, cool. in that seminar, he does like um, talks about the art of fulfillment, like mm-hmm. trying to be happy because you don't want to be like Robin and Williams and have this big success and kill yourself. So, like, what's one way that you can have kind of like keep things in perspective as you kind of continue to take over the universe? And um, well, I think it's um, you know, again, more time to spend with people who I want to spend time with. But also, I do have this large ambitious goal of, you know, create financial um, education system for all the kids in the world, possibly. Uh, so that's another puzzle that I gotta go f- figure out how to do. You know, to me, it was really interesting to uh, constantly challenge myself in these because I think if I just take vacations every day in Hawaii, like I would just be melted. Like my mind would just be melted, and I'll be bored to death. Um, but, you know, setting up a goal for myself in five years where, you know, you keep your eyes on the price and everything would just kind of fall into place. I think that's, that's really a key for, for me. Right. Always having that next goal and then right. kind of be trying to achieve that. Right. But knowing what your end goals are, because you don't want like your end goals to be not in parallel with what you're doing right now. Right. So, yeah. 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 So the other question is, what is the uh, science of achievement? Any secret or hacks that you want to share? Because I've met a lot of people in a park with my dog, but not many of them have went out and bought several hundred apartment units like yourself. So Uh what is it that you think is kind of quirky or something maybe people can incorporate that Mm -hmm. into their productivity system? Um, I think it's... um, so, So I think, you know, the... The one thing is, um, again, is setting up the goal. Because if you don't know where you're going, then you're likely not going to get there. Um, so, like, really writing down, you know, for me, I have a very vivid vision of what my life will be in five years if, like, money isn't a subject. And then I actually worked out a number to achieve that lifestyle. Um, and then I work backwards on, like, okay, so year one, what I needed, year two, yeah. what I needed, and what does that break down to how many syndication deals, how many passive incomes, like how many units, and et cetera. And then, like, then it becomes concrete. Uh, you know, then, then, then you go like and start hitting the numbers. Yeah. Um, and, and the rest kind of just falling into places a lot of times. So, so pe- I, I talk to a lot of people, they're like, I want to own a thousand units. And, like, all right, awesome, dude. Right. Those are goals, but do you break it down? maybe you just do this subconsciously. Do you have like performance goals? Like every week I will work three hours to call brokers mm. or. Yes. So it's breaking down to like a weekly activities per se. Um, you know, again, I'm not like super organized. I think I've seen people who have done more Richmond that way and have done better success than I am. Um, really kind of to, it's all small things is, which is like writing down the to-do list for today, try to budget what you can do for the day 
and then you do the weekly plan and you do the monthly plan and then the, the quarterly it's a little harder to plan but like quarterly you just write down the large goals that we want to do uh in a year what we want to do okay so like want to do five syndication deals then that means like one and a half sorry one one and a quarter deal like yeah. uh, every quarter and so that means i have to contact this many people well in order to fund them that i needed this many investors and break down them okay i need to talk to two investors a day you know then it start to show itself i need to call two brokers a day well i can't really do all these stuff okay i need to hire a person who calls brokers right. all days and all i just need stuff. someone to bring my meals to my desk right yeah. right and then pretty soon you look at you like 24 hours a day and you need to sleep for eight hours i sleep eight hours um and, you know so do um, i yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so then like this is the stuff that, that you did men hours that you couldn't do you could do and then at one point you're like okay i can't possibly do all that stuff so you either have to adjust your goal or start to outsource some of these activities cool yeah and, and I think also the other thing that was really helpful for me, and I've been kind of falling off the wagon for a couple of weeks now, uh, but, you know, get back onto it is like waking up early, that waking up at five o'clock in the morning, like you don't just wake up doing nothing. Like I did do the miracle morning thing, you know, which is like wake up, meditate, um, read and journaling. I changed it to a flavor that kind of suits my activity. Yeah, I never liked that thing. Like basically write down the same crap every single day. I thought that was super waste of time. I thought it was actually useful for me because it's a reaffirmation like, oh, I got to do this. Like keep myself on yeah. the on the, on the 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 goal. Uh, again, it's like being a single focus on like, this is what right. I need to do if I need to throw away everything, right? So um, I, I thought that was personally helpful for me. Yeah. Um, but also journaling on like what I did yesterday and I also wrote down like the most important thing, the most to least important things of the day that I need to finish. Right. Right. So then this way, like I hit the first three then I don't have time to do the rest. Usually my list is like a laundry list of super long things. Yeah. And it's like, okay, it's okay. Like the rest of, you know, the 20 items haven't been done because the first three has been right. done. Yeah. Something that I've been trying to do this last um, month is like, you know, because both of us have these long laundry lists of stuff, yeah. right? <laughs> to like break it down and like, what are the four most important things to do in physical uh, relationships mm -hmm. with the business or work and then yeah. um, something to do something for fun. Right. So before I go to bed, usually these are the things that are on the list that never get done. Yeah. So what I do is I bring those four up to the top uh, yeah. and then in the morning, that's when I try and do it, like the first right. thing. Yeah, so I think the night routine is really helpful too. Um, you know, both actually for my full-time work too, like if I check the calendar to see second day what I need to do, uh, usually set me up for a better day than like in the morning because then in the morning I can just like focus on the most important things to start doing. Yeah, um, yeah. so I think definitely the first hour of your day is very important. And the last like 30 minutes of your day is pretty important. So try to make sure that you kind of yeah. reserve that. Do you time. do the meditating thing? I don't do it as much now, but when I was doing it, it was helpful. Like it only took like five minutes, you know, yeah. just to calm, calm down and clear your mind. Yeah. And, and then do the affirmation stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're more of like a machine. So <laughs> no. No, no. <laughs> yeah. No, I've been kind of falling off the wagon for a few months. Yeah. Uh, I think in my routine or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. me too. It's, yeah. It's good to check you know, get back to it because I did notice when I was doing the routine, I was a lot more productive. Um, and then now I'm kind of reaping the benefit of when I was productive. 
right? So yeah, <laughs> to set up for next year, I gotta start being more. But productive. you just closed an eleven yeah. million dollar deal, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, along with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. Anything else you wanted to kind of get out there and? Um, I think uh, re- uh not really. Again, yeah. like I think the biggest takeaway is, you know, focus on your goals. Um, and uh, figure out what they are, break them down. Um, you know, making them something that is attainable. Um, and also spend time. Don't forget to spend time and celebrate your successes. Um, yeah, that's something you struggle with. I right. Gotta, no, we got to keep you accountable <laughs> on that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think it's great to celebrate successes. Um, just know, like, you're like, hey, I achieved this. Great. Like, you know. Um, yeah. Can be as small as like buying yourself a coffee or you know. Yeah. Yeah. Just high five each other, like high five each other, you know. Um, and for me, it's actually I have a close to Facebook group, and we do post successes and things to do every every Monday. Um, well, at least we try to. Um, so this way, like people are sharing that success. So surround yourself with positive energy versus like negative. Yeah. Well, you want to get your contact information out there for sure. People that say hi. Yeah. So you can. Uh, the best way to kind of reach me is Facebook, really. Um, it's, uh, basically you can find Elisa Zen, E-L-I-S-A-Z-H-A-N-G on Facebook. And I think I'm only the Elisa, like E-L-I-S-A in Seattle. Um, and, uh, otherwise you can find me on my email. You can email me your questions or whatnot. You know, the turnaround time is not promised, uh, <laughs> until <laughs> I hired an assistant that helps yeah. me do that. Um, that's Elisa, E-L-I-S-A. Uh, like electronic Lisa E L I S A at easy uh, real estate dot rocks uh, R O C K S not dot com not dot org dot rocks. Yeah, yeah, I call her Easy Money. <laughs> she used to uh, work pretty hard for it, but now it's easy. Yeah, it gets easier and easier as you you build it. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Thanks for right. listening, guys. This website offers very general information concerning real estate for investment purposes. Every investor situation is unique. Always seek the services of licensed third-party appraisers and inspectors to verify the value and condition of any property you intend to purchase. Use the services of professional title and escrow companies and licensed tax, investment, and or legal advisor before relying on any information contained herein. Information is not guaranteed as in every investment there is risk. The content found here is just my opinion and things change and I reserve the right to change my mind. Above all else, do your own analysis and think for yourself because in the end, you are the only person who is going to look out for your best interests.